Welcome back, everybody, to the Awaken Project Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today on this episode of the show. So for this episode that you're listening to right now and for the next episode that will be coming out in two weeks, we're going to be focusing on this topic of looking at ourselves as either citizens of the kingdom of God or citizens of the United States of America, starting to walk down that dichotomy and seeing what kind of wisdom we can pick up along the way to help us discern, especially in the times that we're living in in this country, what exactly do the two mean. And so today on the show, we are bringing in someone for number one, fantastic human being, one of my favorite humans on the planet, but two, someone that has a very unique perspective and skill set in terms of speaking into what we're going to be looking at today. So the one and only Todd Miller. Todd, if you could introduce yourself for the people, tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit of your background on today's topic. Absolutely. I am uh Thankful to be here. This is great. Thank you, Stephen. Um, my name is Todd Miller, and I, uh, for the last 19 years, have taught fifth grade in rural Virginia. Uh, I also do I also do music on the weekends and play at uh, events, youth events around the country, which I know uh, some of your podcasts have addressed in the past. Um, so, you know, doing events like that uh, that gives me a great opportunity to uh, to not just talk about faith, um, but also I have that kind of nerdy teacher <laughs> background as well. So yeah, I um, uh, talking about being a citizen of the United States versus being a citizen of uh, the kingdom of God. Um, yeah, there's I, I think there are lots of I think there are lots of similarities, but there are also uh, there are also some things that don't seem to necessarily fit together. So sure. Yeah. And so the tool that we're going to be using today, this is something that Todd, you made yourself. Correct? Yes, I did. Yep. All right. This is yep. a Todd Miller original. This is called <laughs> the Declaration of Dependence. So we'll spin off of the Declaration of Independence. Right. So this is a Bible study tool that Todd uses to talk about exactly what we're going to be doing today on the podcast. Yep. How cool is that? Yeah. So uh, before we get started on that, though, Todd, we haven't done this in a little while on the show. If you could walk us through your favorite three-course meal. Oh, okay. Yeah. My favorite three-course meal. Um, yeah, I, sh I should have thought more about this. I, I, I need more time. I mean, I gave you two minutes to we, prepare, but you've, you've, <laughs> heard, you've heard the show we're not, before. We're not so. going to cut to commercial or anything? Uh, we don't have commercials. Okay, <laughs> well, if we did, this would be a perfect time. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, you know, um, I grew up on the East Coast, so so I'm a, I'm a seafood guy through and through. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're talking about perfect... Three course meal. Let's start off with oysters on the half shell. Oh man! Yeah, probably with probably with some uh, some crystal hot sauce, Louisiana's finest crystal hot sauce, um, slices of lemon. That'll be the appetizer. Oh, that's just the app. That's just the appetizer. Oh, yeah, man, you said three okay. courses, so I, I'm going. Okay. I'm yeah. going appetizer. Yeah, yeah. Um, golly, for the uh, for the main course. Uh, if I had my perfect, it would probably be something authentically Mexican. Mm -hmm. So carnitas is really my favorite. All right. You know, with lots and lots of lard in it. It's just, yeah. I know it's not, it's, I don't like how it's made, but I like how it comes out. So probably carnitas with, okay. with all of the, with all the associated fixins, mm -hmm. the refried beans and the, and the guacamole and things like that. Right. Um, and then third course 
So what do we do? Do we have are you dessert? Trying to, are you trying to clean the palate? Well, are you, you know, that's to... yeah, that's the hard thing. If, if we, if, you know, if you gave me more courses, I could pick salads. I could pick, you know. I mean, still like a when, cheese when, course or something. When was the last time that you had a three course meal? Oh, I couldn't I mean, even. I couldn't even tell you. So my nep my nephew is a heck of a cook. He actually he does he does it upright and uh, yeah he would have more things to say about that. But um, so for my third course, you know what? I'm going to save the third course. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to it at the end. We'll we'll circle back. Okay. And the third course that that'll keep people involved and listening, and they'll be like something about the Declaration of Independence, but. That third course. Well, they stuck around for the Hanging on for that one. Well, you're setting the bar pretty high for this. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So, oh. right. so stay tuned for the third course and hopefully learn a thing or two along the way about uh, Declaration of Dependence right. as well. Right. So there you go. So without further ado, Todd, I'm going to pass baton off to you in terms of leading the conversation. I'm going to be an engaged question asker, so hopefully mm -hmm. I'm... Not too yeah. annoying here, but uh, yeah, let her rip. Sure. No, I, I teach in fifth grade. Like I said, um, I, I have an opportunity every year. We do uh, in fifth grade in Virginia, we do everything from prehistory, from pre-Columbian history, American Indians, Native American history, all the way up through the end of the Civil War. But my favorite part is always that causes of the revolution. Um, it's just a, it's just such a unique time, not just in our history, obviously, but but in world history to mm -hmm. have a people who who sort of rebel against their government successfully. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, you know, every time we go through and we talk about the Declaration of Independence and Thomas Jefferson's home is, is real close to where we live. And so we get to go there every year and learn about him, um, the, ups and <laughs> the ups and downs of being Thomas Jefferson. But, you know, he, in the Declaration, he writes, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they're, and they're such iconic words for us as Americans. Mm -hmm. But I thought, as, as important as they are, and, 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 and as much as they mean to us uh, in, our, in our nationalistic pride and our patriotism, what does it mean for us as people of faith? Mm -hmm. And so I literally just took those words and... Um, and started to look at kind of what they mean in terms of our faith. And I have to say, though, too, that Declaration of Dependence, while I thought it was this super clever title, um, someone's like, hey, isn't that a Stephen Curtis Chapman song? Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, is it? So, And it is? It, it totally okay. is, yeah. Right. And it was like before I had even written. So I don't know, maybe I heard the song and it was stuck in my head. It's a great title. So Stephen Curtis, if you're listening to the Awaken Project podcast, Thank you for there that you great go. title. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. So credit where credit is due. Um, so, so generally, we, we sit down and I look at, um, you know, line by line, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is, what is evident? What is evidence? And evidence is, is basically something that you show to be true. Mm -hmm. And um, if you look at 1 John, uh, and I'm just going to kind of be referencing, um, referencing the Bible verses here that I, that I, that I walk through with uh, with the kids and and I should be clear that this is something that I do when I'm at youth events and not necessarily in my classroom in fifth grade so sure. yeah this is was just an extension of, of being a fifth grade teacher that's where it comes from um, it says in first uh, John 3 uh, 310 by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil whoever does practice righteous whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother and I always think, you know, growing up for me in my school, we knew who the, we knew who the Christian kids were, mm -hmm. whether it was because they were kids who went to our church or 
kids who wore the t-shirts or a cross necklace or something like that. I don't know. I, I think it's hard to see who, I don't know that it's always evident who are the children of God. Hmm. There's sure. lots of people out there doing great work. Um, but there's also a lot of people who are out there who, who I believe are children of God who are just doing it very quietly. Mm-hmm. Right. So what does it mean to, what is self-evident? Is it evident who the children of God are and what makes it evident? What is it that we're doing in our lives that makes it evident, right? So we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, that all are created equal. Well, there's nothing more equal than humanity in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all sinful. Romans 3, 23 and 24, right? Uh, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely in the grace that came by Christ Jesus. Um, I'm going to make sure I did say that right. But yeah, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified. So this is like the, let me say, this is like the, um, like the good news, bad news. You know, when someone comes to you and says, okay, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Yeah. Now, what yeah. do you always want first? Ooh, I personally, I always take the bad news. See, I, and I do too. Yeah. Because you want the bad news because you want something to kind of bring you back yeah, up out exactly, of it. And so, exactly. So this is absolutely like the good news, bad news uh, verse of the Bible. Because the bad news is, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, uh, that is a, a universal equalizer. Yep. All of us have sinned. None of us are worthy to go to heaven, especially not on our own merits, not Absolutely. on our own work. Yeah. Um, but the next verse says, are justified by the grace that came as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly the good news, um, certainly that good news that... Uh, that we are that we are loved that we are a loved people we are people created by God which leads us right into the next section right that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator and I should well I should stop for a second because you know Jefferson writes Jefferson is kind of a I I don't know exactly what his what his uh, religious affiliation would have been he doesn't seem to be terribly religious but he's a smart enough guy to know that most of the people who could read in the 18th century were people who read for the purpose of reading the Bible. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So most people had about a fifth grade education, you know, and then they would by either... Fifth grade education by our standards. Kind of by our standards, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and there was, yeah, I mean, obviously there wasn't, there wasn't a, a standardized education system as... as in the way that there is today, but most people would go to what is about a fifth grade education. They'd learn to read, they'd do some basic mathematics. If they showed some promise and their parents were wealthy enough, mm, true. they could go off and they could do further schooling. And that's where you get guys like Jefferson and Adams and Hamilton and you know right. um, folks like that who had, the, who had the ability and who had the finances, the resources to be able to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, most boys would end up um, learning a trade, going to be some sort of an artisan, some sort of an apprentice. Uh, girls would end up back in the home learning how to be a caretaker, to be a homemaker, to be a wife, to be a mother, mm-hmm. you know, plant the family garden, wash the clothes, make the clothes, repair the clothes, cook the food, grow the food, <laughs> you know, yeah. kill the chickens. Kill the, that's, yeah. a, that's, what yeah. the, that's what the girls would be about. So, so most people having about a fifth grade education, they would read – Generally, the Bible, uh, newspapers became, became a, little more, a little more prevalent as time went on, but people who read the Bible knew it pretty well, mm-hmm. especially when, if you had a book in your house, it was probably the Bible, sure. right? Books not being, not being readily available. Um, 
and this idea that we are endowed by our creator. So this whole idea of the Declaration of Independence is Jefferson and the Continental Congress saying, we don't need to be a part of England anymore. That's pretty obvious. But people of faith, Christian people in that time, who knew the Bible also knew that in Romans 13, 1, and let me jump over to let me jump over to Romans here real quick so I get the verse right. But in Romans 13, 1, here's what it says. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Heavy. So, yeah. Great, yeah. So Jefferson already knows. He's like, people are going to read this and they're going to go, no, 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 no. Rebellion against your government is unbiblical. And there have been numerous papers written by high-ranking church officials, you know, even, you know, recently in our, in, in our time mm-hmm. that have said, yeah, the, the American Revolution was a sinful act. Hmm. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And so... So Jefferson writes, Jefferson writes, and if you, and if you look at the, uh, the original uh, declaration, it says endowed by their creator, and it's a capital C. And it's very specifically a capital C, because what Jefferson is saying is we have been given these rights that we're about to talk about by God. Mm-hmm. Right? And for those that are listening, if a lot of Christian people, if they want to differentiate, like let's say you're going to use the pronoun him to talk about an apostle, you use to H-I-M, lowercase h. You mm-hmm. want to talk about God the Father, H-I-M, capital H, and mm-hmm. that gives a distinction of divinity. Right. So just to clarify that. Right. But, and so, yeah, so exactly. You're, you're exactly right. So if you look at the Declaration, it's a capital C. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jefferson knew what he was talking about, whether he necessarily believed it in the same way that, that other Christians would have believed it. He says, you know, we are endowed by our Creator with these, with these rights. And what he goes on to say is, the king's not just taking away some political rights that you have. The king is supplanting God. He's putting himself above God mm. and taking away rights that no king can give to you. He's taking away rights that God has given to you. And so it's a, it's a, it's a you know, for a guy who wasn't necessarily a Christian, it's a, it's a pretty good political move uh, yeah. to, to make sure that he has an explanation for all of these good Christian people well, across to, the colonies. Well, what you just said, well, what you said earlier in the show, that this was the first time in history, correct, that we had seen anything like this, a direct shot at the original, whatever, host country, whatever you want to call it, saying, hey, we are going to rebel, we're going to leave, and that's final. We're putting our foot down, can't do anything about it. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm an American history guy, so obviously... You know, I don't, I don't know if this is the first time it's ever happened, but it's 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 definitely the first time that it has been done so eloquently. Sure. Oh, that's a good you know? way to put it. Yeah. yeah. You know mm-hmm. that 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 they took the time to sit down and and write this declaration, which wasn't just a declaration of our rights as as humans. You know, John Adams says this isn't just a declaration of our rights, but of the rights of all men mm-hmm. or of all mankind. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, and of course, you know, I, 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 there's, there's a very valid discussion about the rights and what Jefferson truly meant and how it, and how it, uh, and how it plays out with him being a, a slave owner mm-hmm. and whether the rights of men includes the rights of women, you know. But this wasn't, you know, this wasn't an all-encompassing document that was meant to cure all the ills, oh, sure. right, you know. 
So so and, and and that's not what that's not what we're here to talk about. But yeah. But certainly it is interesting to look at the to look at the the text itself and to know that Jefferson was was definitely talking about the create the creator the capital C creator right yeah. so we are endowed by our creator not by the king with certain unalienable rights and it's always fun because the kids the kids seem to the kids seem to have a pretty good grasp on things and and unalienable is one of those is one of those weird one of those weird words where I'm just not, you know, I'm not sure that kids necessarily know what unalienable is. We don't use that term unless we read the declaration. So unalienable meaning it can't be taken away. It cannot be made alien. It cannot be made foreign to us. It, it, they, these, are, these are ours. Mm-hmm. And I asked the kids, so what are, so what are our rights? I mean, as, as Christians, as people of God, do we have rights? And they, they come up with some, you know, we have the right to be, forgiven hmm. well that's that's grace yeah you know yep. I, I don't know if i would call it a right necessarily um i mean it's pretty nice well it's, <laughs> yeah it's pretty good let's yeah we we definitely want to hold on to that um but the right to uh you know the right to meet and and worship yep you know that's that's more of a right that's given to us by the government you know in the in the in the first amendment to, to the constitution but here's what here's what here's what we find in in the book of john and John says this, he says, but to all who did receive him, meaning Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So we do have a right. We have a, we have a right to be called the children of God, to be God's children, to be these people who, who are in relationship with God. That's a right. Hmm. And if you if you kind of extend that idea of rights out uh, a little a little wider, and you look at the the well, like we just mentioned the Constitution, the Constitution says, for example, in the Second Amendment, not to bring up the Second Amendment, I'm just using it as an example because it's an easy example to use. Um, you have the right to bear arms, mm-hmm. right? You have the right to to own a firearm. But people say, I don't, you know, I don't want a firearm. I have no use for one. That's great. You don't have to, the Constitution doesn't say you have to have a firearm. It just says you have that right if you want it, mm-hmm. right? Another example would be like um, the right, uh, the, your Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And I tell the kids, you know, you go to, you go to court someday. And I said, hopefully you don't, <laughs> hopefully you don't have to go to court. I don't want all my kids going to court using up their Fifth Amendment rights, but <laughs> They um, too real of a field trip. I know that's <laughs> that's that's not what we're going for here. Yeah. But in the event that it happens, let's let's just assume you're innocent. But uh, until proven guilty, uh, you go to. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It's not a rough neighborhood where I teach. They're all really good kids, and none of them will ever ever be in court. But you um you go to uh, you go to court, and the and the judge asks you a question. And you don't want to answer it because it might make you look guilty. And you say, the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution guarantees the right, that, the, the, that gives me the right to not have to incriminate myself, right? The goal is that you would never have to use that right. That mm-hmm. you would never be in a position where you would have to say, I plead the Fifth Amendment. You know, yeah. my lawyers have informed me that I have the right to plead. You know, nobody wants to use that right because yeah. something has gone terribly wrong in your life if you have to, yeah. you know, or, you know, you're a politician or something like that. Um, so we have these rights that we don't want to have to use or we don't need. And I think this right to be the children of God 
in a lot of ways is like that because everybody has this right. People who are in the church, people who are not in the church, Mm -hmm. people who believe in Jesus, people who are of other faiths. God is saying to, or John is saying at this point, you know, God is telling us to all who believe in Jesus, who receive Jesus, who understand that Je- what Jesus has done for them, taking away their sins, to, for all those who believe him, you now have the right, you have been given the right to become children of God. So we have that right. Whether we use it, whether we choose to use it, you know, it's there for us either way. Mm-hmm. Like the rights in, our con- in the Constitution, whether you choose to use them, whether you choose to embrace them, whether you have to use them, it, it's there for us. And God extends that invitation to be a ch- one of his children to, to everyone, I believe. These, uh, the unalienable rights, and every, all the kids know this part. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. right? Everybody yep. wants life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We all Great, great bumper sticker. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes, yep. yeah. Yes, it's a great slogan. Everybody wants those things. Um, and they come from, they come actually from, if you want to get a little historical and nerdy, uh, they don't actually originally come from Thomas Jefferson. Uh, but Jefferson was reading uh, some of those great British political philosophers. Uh, John Locke actually came up with, he called it life, liberty, and property. Because you didn't do anything in England if you didn't own property. Yep. You know, you had no political rights at all. You couldn't vote. Um, so Jefferson changes it around a little bit and calls it life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness um, because there were a lot of people uh, who were making a living, who were, coming to, uh, who were coming to the colonies from England and didn't necessarily own land, but they were artisans or they were um, tenant farmers, those kinds of people who were pursuing their happiness, right. you know, pursuing a new kind of freedom apart from, uh, from England. So, so life, I mean, obviously, Jesus wants us to have life. You know, John 10, 10, I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. Yeah. Or him declaring himself, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, we definitely want to, we definitely want to claim that as one of our, of our unalienable rights. And what a, I just, I love that verse. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. You know, it makes me think of my, it makes me think of my third course in my uh in the is this the, is this the no reveal? it's not yet oh, but but okay. you know when i think of it, when i think of enjoying life when i think of enjoying the things that god has has uh has put on this earth for us He's i think dangling out there on a street well you know in so case keep people listening. in case people are like oh he forgot to talk about the the, the food but no I, I i definitely you know food friends um food food friends fellowship faith um yeah those are the good oh, things all the good things we actually we just watched a. Here's your quick commercial break. We just watched uh, an improv skit where one of the characters in the improv <laughs> skit, yes. uh, he's at a party and um, one person needs to guess what type of person this is that just entered the party and the the quirk that needed to be solved or found was this person was afraid of any word that started with the letter F. So all great things there. All those but great things. Matt Johnson, you would have had a terrible time with that last sentence. So. Yeah. Hate to break it to you, but for the rest of us, that sounds great. Yes, yeah, all, those are these are all good things. Yes, not just not just not things to be frightened of at all. But God has certainly, uh, you know, and it goes back to I think too um, this idea that we are followers of Christ not because of the promise of heaven, hmm. but because of the promise of now. You know, eternity doesn't start when you die, right? 
eternity starts the, the, the moment you were, were born. I mean, your life started the, at conception, if, if you believe that, I do. Um, but your life in terms of experiences and, and, and what, you're, what you're put on this earth to do and what you're put on this earth to experience, I believe eternity starts when you're, when you're born mm-hmm. and, and, we're, and we're living eternity right now. So that is certainly life that we are, that we are called to, uh, to, to be a part of. Um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So liberty, liberty is one of those weird words to define, I think, because it, it plays so well with freedom. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of goes, well, you know, it's 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 freedom, but it's more than freedom too, because it's it's more about what we do with the freedom. I think. Um, so we have we have liberty. Well, we have freedom. Yes, we have freedom to do all those things that the Constitution talks about. But liberty, I think, if you in in First Corinthians um, ten twenty three, it says, "All things are are lawful." but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Mm-hmm. And I think what it speaks to is this idea that we do have freedom, but what we do with it is liberty. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, liberty is kind of what you do with your freedom. Do I have the, do I have the option, and I always say to my, my fifth graders, do you have the option to not come to school tomorrow? And they all go, no. I'm like, yeah, you do. You could totally not come to school tomorrow. You could refuse. You could sit on your bed. You could kick and scream. You know, you could hide under your bed. But what's going to happen? You're going you're gonna to incur the consequences, mm-hmm. right? So when you use your liberty wisely, there are also consequences. You decide, hey, I am going to go to school today. You get smarter. You see your friends. You have a good time. You generally hopefully become a better person right and it's the same with our faith do we have the liberty to commit sin absolutely we do it all the time they can't help it right and we can't we can't help it a lot of times you know but there's always that moment when you kind of go is this the thing i should be doing because i can that sin's right in front of me i can just grasp it and I think God's saying, look, you, you use that liberty wisely, and it's not just because, don't just make the right choice because you think God's going to love you more, but I think God has a plan for our lives where when we use our liberty wisely, we get the consequences. We get the, the good consequences of it, you know? And that verse, you know, that, that verse, it just sounds like a kind of babbling back and forth. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Mm-hmm. And really, I think it actually speaks to two things. You can do anything, but not all things are going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the next verse, he says, you can do anything, but not all things are going to build up or be good for the people around you. Because the consequences of our sin aren't just about consequences for us. Sometimes the consequences of our sin are on other people. Right? Right? So, so using our liberty wisely as we make this journey through life. And, and the last one, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, 
You know, the pursuit of happiness, if you've ever seen the, the if you ever see the Schoolhouse Rock videos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's the one where they do the whole, you know, we the people in order. You know, I love those too. But then there's the one where they talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And whenever they say pursuit of happiness, it's always like this guy running after a girl, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, so that's his, that's his pursuit of happiness. But, but as people of God, as, as, as citizens of the kingdom of God, what is our, what is, what is the happiness that we're pursuing? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a um, there's a little there's a story in there's a story in Matthew um, that uh, that I think is what is what this guy is asking. And so I'll just read it. It's only it's a couple of verses. It's thirty six to forty. Matthew twenty two. It says, uh, and some of you will recognize this. It's it's called the Great Commandment. But um, one of these guys is who's a lawyer. He says uh, to Jesus, he says, teacher. Which is the great commandment of the law, or which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus says to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. So Jesus is saying, like, he's saying, all the things you know, all the things that you have spent your life studying, you know, the, what we would call the Old Testament, what they would just call the Testament, mm-hmm. right? The Jewish people, you know, the, the, the Torah and the laws of Moses and, and the, the prophecies and the stories of, of Abraham and, and, and Isaac, it all comes down to two things. Have a good relationship with God and then let that relationship with God um, affect what you do, yeah. you know? You know, get right with God and get right with your neighbor, Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it, it's called the great commandment in, in, in the Bible. But I think Jesus is, it's almost like, this is just how I imagine it in my head, but I imagine this guy coming and saying, you know, what's it all about? Like, what's going to make me happy? Because, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like the law makes us happy when it's just a, a bunch of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But I think this lawyer... Whether he was trying to trick Jesus or not, I think he. I, I think what Jesus is saying is, you want to be happy, you want a full life, you want to use your liberty well, then you have a good relationship with God and you have a good relationship with the people around you. Yeah. Well, just real quick thought. Yeah. Um, if the law is going to bring you happiness, I think a lot of people, when they find themselves finding any kind of happiness from the law, it's in their perception of them performing the law better than somebody else uh-huh. it's their pride coming through right. ah look at this Absolutely. i can do this better than everybody else i mean that's exactly what the pharisees are yeah right um that's my thought continue on. no absolutely you, no yeah. you're absolutely right and and if you're and if it's going to be a matter of you just comparing yourself to somebody you know there's always going to be somebody better yeah i mean let's be honest it's, yep. you know you could be you could be the best basketball player on your block but if you go to the next town over, there's going to be somebody better. So yeah. it can't be our performance. It's got to be about God's grace. Yeah. You know, but, but, but what, what's, what's great about that great commandment, too, is that leads us all the way back to the beginning of what we were saying, where it says, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. What, is, what, is, what makes it evident that we are the children of God is how we use our liberty, how we live our life, and the happiness that we pursue, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's when you have kids walking around your high school or your college campus or your place of business, people who are using their liberty well, 
not only for themselves, but to build up the community around them. Living life to the fullest, like Jesus promised that he came to, to do, and this pursuit of happiness, being right with God and being right with your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, it's, it, and it's, that, it's that fine line between being a citizen of the United States and being a citizen of God. Citizen of the United States wants to be independent. We wanted to be independent of England. We like to be independent people. We can do it on our own. And yet as people of citizens of the kingdom of God, our citizenship depends on our dependence yeah. on God. And there you have the, 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 that this, this is the, our declaration of dependence. There you go. Boom. Yeah. So I have a thought and then I have a question. Yeah. Thought would be um, a lot of people in the United States, when they look at freedom, it's just the ability to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But then in the kingdom of God, the freedom that you have means that you might have to sacrifice something in order to obtain um, a greater type of happiness, a greater pursuit of happiness. Like, for example, uh, Todd is a, an accomplished guitar player. I'm going to use the word accomplished. It's very generous. Thank you. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, but there were, I'm sure, plenty of times that you either could have gone out with your buddies and done whatever riffraff and then, you know, probably woken up the next day and felt pretty much the same. Or you could have sat down, practiced, mm-hmm. and networked, built relationship. Right. And the the fruit of the latter has led to, I mean, how many opportunities? You don't need to count them right now. But sure. enough that, that, that the quality of your life has improved mm-hmm. drastically. Um, and so when we think about freedom, especially in the kingdom of God context, it doesn't mean that you're doing whatever you want. It means that you're giving up maybe the freedom to do something that might harm you in order to gain a, a higher happiness, right. a better pursuit of joy that we can find in the cross. Super, super powerful. Absolutely. And so then kind of related, sort of related, probably not really related, but going <laughs> to ask it anyway. Question being, a lot of people, I think, in the United States envision this country to be this great Christian nation that the Constitution has all these wonderful biblical principles for. I don't, I'm not necessarily endorsing that. I Quite frankly, I haven't done my research fully on that to give a really solid opinion, but I know there are people out there that think like this. What would, you just, what would you say to someone that has this idea in their head that the United States should be this utopian representation of their image of the kingdom of God, meaning that they have that initial freedom, the one that maybe doesn't get you as far as you think? Um, and where do you think they get that idea from? Well, first of all, I would say to, to people who say that, I, I, my answer is always, it comes down to you. If, if the United States is a Christian nation then it comes down to each and every individual Christian and how they treat their neighbor. You know, I think it's tough to say, I mean, were we founded on Christian principles? I, I think to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that the Ten Commandments plays a role in that. If you go to if you go to the Senate, if you go to the floor of the Senate, there they have like, you know, they have posted up around, they have Moses. They have the Ten Commandments. They have the laws of Hammurabi. They have, you know, these great pillars of um, not just political but moral codes, you know, that, that we're—and so I, so I think it is—and I think, you know, not to be too philosophical or, or political in any way, but I think it's a, uh, I think it's a case where we have some, some foundations that, yes, are— Christian in the sense that God has established 
an idea of right and wrong in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think the United States was very much founded on the idea of we have right and we have wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, in that case, in, in, the, in, in 1775, we were right and England was wrong. You know, 1776, when it was, when it was written, of course, the, the war started before that. But I'm a nerd, so there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, not all, not all of the founding fathers were Christians. Um, a lot of them had, a lot of, had, had great ideas. Uh, especially in terms of, of of right and wrong, but I don't think that they were necessarily doing what they did to honor God, you know. Um, but again, I go back to I go back to this nation will be as much a Christian nation as each individual person, and 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 I don't think that I mean, and I, and, I, and that doesn't mean that we need to disclude anybody from the equation mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Jewish, pe- Jewish people and Muslims and Buddhists and atheists and agnostics, I mean, they make up what America is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think to a certain extent, that diversity makes America stronger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people want to say that this is, a, that it's a Christian nation, I don't have a problem with that. But it's up to us. It's up to the Christians to make it a Christian nation mm-hmm. so that we behave in a way that is pleasing to God. That's a pretty huge responsibility when you look at the trouble that's going on Quite. all over the world. Yeah. And don't depend on your leaders. I mean, I don't, you know, just, I'm not saying anything about any president, past, present, or even future. You know, don't necessarily depend on your, on your leader your senator, your uh, president, your representative to be that representation of, of Christianity. Mm. Because I don't think Christianity was ever meant to be this huge, overarching, you know, like everybody, everybody follows it. You look at some of the countries in the world that have a state religion, even if it's Christianity, if it's Lutheranism, if it's church, you know, the Church of England— and they are they are the they are the places where the church is failing right now. Yeah, um, I can't remember who said it, but he said whenever, whenever the church is in I, it, these are these are his words. Whenever the church is in bed with the government, the church is stagnant. When the church is at odds with the government, that's when the church grows. Yeah, and. Um, I don't, I, I'll have to I'll have to come back to you on on <laughs> on who said it because I can picture I can picture his face right now saying it, but uh, you know I, I think it I think it comes down to we we can't depend on the government to be a Christian nation. Yeah. We as individual people have to be the Christians in the Christian nation mm-hmm. because it comes down to relationships. Yeah, and then just a, a follow up question off of that. Straight up, what would be the advantage? What's the point of being a Christian nation? Oh man, that's a great question. Because you can say that to anybody, and sure, some Christians out there think, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. But you could also say that to a ton of other people and say, that's a terrible idea. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? That's what we've already had for how many centuries now? Mm-hmm. That's what slavery was, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's how slavery was justified. You're oh, telling, they justified you, it with the Bible, you're absolutely. Te- you're telling me that we're going to take the ideas that ran any kind of hope for a large portion of this country, we're going to take those same strands and use them still today to try and resurrect or see some type of restoration in this country hmm. right so i'm throwing a pretty heavy question out on you we got a couple minutes left so <laughs> so, so we're so, so we're how going, many of those can so, i use to so, think about my answer so we're, 
So we're, we're throwing haymakers at the end here. But I think it's something that a lot of people are asking today mm-hmm. is what's the point? That's what's gotten us in this trouble. Right. So. Well, I would just say, too, that it's it goes back to the initial uh, topic of the show, which is being a citizen of the United States and being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it's, can you have dual citizenship? Absolutely. But there are going to be times when those two citizenships are at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, when we read, the, we read the, the Romans 13, where it says that governments are, are instituted by God, right? And that we're supposed to follow what the government does. So, biblically speaking, should the colonists have paid the stamp tax? Absolutely. They should have. And when they dump the tea in the harbor... And they, they, you know, the Townsend Acts and the intolerable, well, the, the colonists call them the intolerable acts. Should they have taken it? Yeah, they should have because they deserved it. They brought it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, again, that's speaking from a, a biblical Christian standpoint. Well, from, from a biblical Christian standpoint, yeah. yeah. And that didn't, I mean, that, you know, people back then were like, they were kind of in a, they were in a furor. They were in a, they were in a, a already in a state of agitation at that point. So... So when we look at that as, <laughs> as um, citizens of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to go. Oh, you know, you know, we have to we have to listen to what the king says. Now, the caveat to that would be that when we are citizens of the United States, if the leader of the United States or our leaders in general, not not just the president, but you know, if they are presenting a challenge to our faith. I think that's definitely where we, where the government no longer has to, where the, where we do not necessarily have to follow the government any longer if it is a direct if it is a challenge to our biblical principles. Sure, you know I, I don't know maybe I get in trouble for saying that you know, but no. I mean I'm not like instituting any kind of like revolution or anything like that. But I mean look at you know everybody's favorite example is Nazi Germany. Everyone yep. talks about Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I had a pastor say, so was, was Hitler instituted by God? I'm not saying that God put Hitler there to do what he did, but when God ordains any of us to do anything, be a pastor, you know, be a layperson who, who works in a hospital or be a, 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 a chaplain, are those people going to make terrible decisions? Yeah, oftentimes they make terrible decisions. So was Hitler instituted by God? Maybe. What did he do with that power? Well, <laughs> awful, awful, awful things. Mm-hmm. And it was the responsibility of the church to stand up as citizens of the kingdom of God and not as citizens of Germany or Poland. And we're speaking historically, of course, not about Germany today. Germany is awesome. Um, <laughs> Germany, is one, Germany is a wonderful place, and, and <clears throat> I, don't, I, do not, uh, I do not envy them the history that they have to continually be reminded of. Yeah. You know, because because the people of Germany are beautiful, um, but uh, but yeah, we when we're when we are when the when the government presents us with a choice that that calls our faith into question, I think we have to, I think we have to always err on the side of being citizens of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like about that answer is there's not a it's not a spirit. Uh, sorry, it's not a spirit of rebellion or violence right off the bat. Right. It's a it's a spirit of I mean everything that you just talked about. Um, ultimately, again coming back to the cross and that, that your citizenship when it comes to the kingdom of God, 
lies on the justification of your faith mm. only in what Jesus has done. Right. And that's something that all of us need to be reminded of on a daily basis in order for it to actually take root and mm-hmm. do something. And I think that's the the one part that as many times as any of us have heard that we still need to be reminded of it more and more and more. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing too, because it just, it just popped into my head and I don't even know if, if it's the way I want to say it, but I think we'll make time for it. Don't worry. If you <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. that, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I think to the people who say we are a Christian nation or who want this to be a Christian nation, I say this, always be a citizen of the kingdom of God first, and you will always be a better citizen of the United States. Mm-hmm. And whether that makes us a Christian nation or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to the end, when it comes down to the end of your time here on earth, when it comes to the end of your United States citizenship, yep. your citizenship in the kingdom of God will continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the analogy of the the church is like an embassy Mm. and we are citizens, our our home nation, the citizenship that we adhere to first is the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. the church then being an embassy in the host nation, which is the United States of America, thinking about, all right, this is where my true allegiance is, but I'm still living, working, playing in this space. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason why I'm here. You know, it's not accidental as to why either of us any of us that are citizens of the united states were placed here right and that was something quite frankly that i had to figure out for a while when i wanted to do international missions for the longest time i viewed the united states as all this place has it all together it's (laughs) fine you kidding me (laughs) look at all the other hurts in the world and there are a lot of hurts in the world that need people to go 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 Mm -hmm. right but then especially now in the last couple months all the hurts that have still been boiling underneath the surface here in this country oh, absolutely. we still have a lot of work to do yes we do <laughs> and so that's really flipped my perspective at least on hmm there's a mission field right in our backyard that's still needing a lot of tending yeah so yeah for sure yeah so todd if there's any other thoughts that pertain to this now's your time to get it out you still need to tell us your third course. I do. I so, I've actually, yep, I have my, I have my third had, course down. Um, I, no, this is uh, just, uh, I don't have anything else on Declaration of Dependence. I mean, all right, that, well, was, there you that go. was everything, I, that was so, everything I wanted to say. So, awesome. um, so I will say, and this, I hope it's not a letdown. I know we, I made you wait all that time, but if I had to pick a last dessert, a last course, I'm going to go with Palace Cafe on Canal Street, New Orleans, Crab Cheesecake. Crab meat cheesecake. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was, I mean, you're, you're, you're telling me I can have anything, right? This is like you, last you meal kind of, kind of situation. Yeah, I guess so. if, all right, so your, your United States citizenship is about to end and you've, you're given one last meal. Yeah. That's what you're eating. That's what I would be. That that's would be the dessert that. to the other courses with the carnitas and the oysters. And I would, gotcha. probably, if that didn't actually end mm-hmm. my citizenship in the United States and, and kill me because of the cholesterol then. <laughs> I would, uh, that would definitely what I would eat for sure. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's chosen a three course meal that goes seafood, Mexican, seafood. Yeah. It's like seafood dessert though. Seafood dessert. Yeah. So it's like, it's like exempt from being seafood. Yeah. I know it's, it's almost a category all on its own. It would almost be like a palate cleanser, but it's a good way to end your meal. And it comes with a little tiny crab claw on top. Oh, adorable. If you get to New Orleans, you got to, you got to hit the palace cafe. Okay. Famous joint. It's good. I've been to New Orleans. I've done plenty of the jambalaya. Sure. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. 
Canal Great Street, stuff. give me some some crab cake cheesecake. Crab meat cheesecake. Crab meat cheesecake. cheesecake. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. We learned. <laughs> something we to learned. think about. Something to think about. That's what I'm going to be <laughs> falling asleep to tonight. All right. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. And this was a pretty last-minute episode. Todd and I, the, the week that we're uh, recording this, this is Wednesday, July what 22nd 22nd it's 22nd yeah we so we've been playing some tunes this week at mount carmel ministries yep. hanging out a little bit and uh i knew that todd had a little bit of background in this and so just kind of started making small talk and hey what do you know and then we got to talking and this little declaration came up and i was like yep. hey can i put a microphone in front of your face <laughs> and he said yes another microphone a different another, mi- a different a microphone in front, had of, him in front of my face all week yeah, long all week. it's, it's yeah, perfectly yeah. fine yeah so again Thank you very much. This has been great. And oh, my pleasure. Uh, is there any way if anyone's like, oh, my gosh, this Todd guy sounds pretty cool. I want to check him out on social media. Can we keep up with you at all? Oh, yeah, sure. Todd Miller on Facebook. Um, Kill Devil Jones on Instagram. And I don't know. I had a Twitter account once. Once. I kind of forgot about it. So if you're really determined, you maybe can go <laughs> resurrect that thing from the Twitter graves. There so, you go. I'll yeah. figure it out. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, everyone, if you have not hit subscribe yet on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you keep up with The Awakened Project, I invite you to do so uh, whenever you are spurred on to do so. Um, If you have not liked us on Facebook, given us a follow on Instagram, that would be pretty swell. Uh, Thank you always for your listenership to this podcast. We truly appreciate it. and hope you have enjoyed today's episode of The Awakened Project Podcast, and we will see you next time.